Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happen if you say what you want to Hey, ladies. We are in part two of a very exciting topic today with our guest, Simon Osimo. And I want you to listen to part one if you missed it. This is on de-escalation. This is like like taking the air out of a balloon of somebody who's ready to pop. And I know that as women, <laughs> we are always in conflict from time to time. It's unavoidable. Not that you cause conflict, but I got to tell you, the enemy prowls around like a lion waiting to pounce. And I know that you've been in an experience where you've looked back and gone, what the heck just happened? In fact, scripture says that hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. And that's from Proverbs 10. But this is also what happens. Proverbs fifteen eighteen says, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict. Haven't we seen that? A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms the quarrel. And we have the wonderful Simon with us, Asimo. Thank you so much, Simon, for joining us today. Sure, an honor and a privilege. Thank you very much for having me on your show. And, you know, he doesn't call himself an expert. I did call him one, but he has been, uh, he's had just a ton of experience in this area. Please listen to part one. Could you just give us like a two to three sentence, a little bit on your background and why you've had so much experience in this? Yeah, sure. So I spent 14 years in British law enforcement. Uh, when I moved to America in 2011, I was in charge of counterterrorism at Mall of America in Minnesota. And I am a sort of risk management practitioner and specialist. So Pretty much this is where I live, Shook, in and yeah. around conflict, um, crisis management, and, and stressful situations. Man and boy, as we say in England, um, I've, I've lived this for a long mm, time. You have, and you're the perfect person. The word counterterrorism, right there, I'm like, I'm in. Okay, he's the guy to have on the show. And again, a shout out to his wife, who is part of our Him for Her Ministries uh, mentoring team. Would you guys look us up? H-I-M, number four, H-E-R dot org, Him for her.org. And look at all the exciting things that God is doing in and through this ministry, not just radio, but also in all areas, uh, inside of prison, outside of prison, freeing women. It's, it's, we're bringing the gospel, friends, to the darkest corners of the world. And we need your support and help because it is nonprofit. Nobody's getting paid. We're doing this for the Lord solely. So we need your donations to help with housing and the situations that some of these women are in as they're leaving prison. Because you know why? We want these women to be reconnected with society, to be productive citizens. And the only way they can do that is really as a community when we come alongside and get the love thing right. So to our topic, I'm going to give you just a tiny little recap of what we had talked about on the first show. Um, We were working on five de-escalation. Now, what that word means is de-escalate. You know, things escalate, get a little excited. Well, how do you de-escalate that? Or like uh, scripture says, um, harsh word stirs up conflict, but a soft, kind word covers much. So I think it's really important that we try to cover much and and get the love thing right. So the first thing that you said, um, Simon, was effective listening, which I think is really important. The second thing is distract the person. And he gave examples of that in the first show. 
the third thing that we ended with at that time was give the person positive choices. So let's just jump in with a couple more, Simon. We're all ears. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and so the fourth one is most probably the hardest because in the moment we're all full of emotion, but it's showing empathy, not sympathy towards a person's situation. We've all, I'm going to start backwards. We've all been in that situation where someone has said to us, hey, Simon, you don't know what it's like to be me. You don't, you know, you're, why, why are you saying this? You don't know how I feel. Quite often that's because we showed sympathy towards them rather than empathy and their, their, their switch has flipped in their mind. So we want to say things like, you know, I feel really um, bad for you. I can't imagine what it'd be like what you're going through. As opposed to saying, you know, um, I'm really sad or really sorry that this has happened to you. You know, they're just small little cues. And here's something I always say to people to go away and do is read up the difference between empathy and sympathy. It's very, it's a thin line, but really focus on trying to understand the person's sort of view their life as to where they are as opposed to feeling sorry for them because when you feel sorry for them that's when it comes back on you generally but you don't know how I feel Shug you, mm-hmm. you've not been in my shoes and you want to try and avoid that because that's going to bring conflict again by showing empathy that you know it must be really hard what you're going through I'm here to listen to you Shug for as long as you take and you know, I'm gonna I want to understand what you're going through that's going to get a lot more because that's telling a person I want to listen and I want to understand I want to help as opposed to that sort of sorry and pissy, oh, that, that must be really bad that your your son's passed away, or battling drugs, yeah, I, f- I feel really sorry for you, I want to be in your shoes, you know. So there's just simple things that you can do. And like I said, it's the hardest one because in day-to-day conversation, it's very easy to flip between the two. You've got to be very intentional, show empathy towards their situation, not sympathy. You know, i got to say, I'm guilty. I mean, my first go-to response is, I'm so ha- sorry that this is happening to you. And, and, and that, you know, I see what you're saying, because if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, in empathy, it brings you into the situation next to them. But in sympathy, you're actually kind of standing on the outside and saying, sorry, that's happening to you. Would you agree on that? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the thing, people are going to listen to part one now, because I didn't say this yet in part two, that's, it's not about you, it's about them. You know, never bring yourself into a situation I don't know what it um, feel like. I don't know what I would be like if I was in this situation. This is about them. It doesn't mm-hmm. no one cares what Simon feels about this. You're here to help them. So, and like I said, it's just it's our makeup. It's how God's made us. We, we very easily flip between the two. But this is not about you. This is about them. So, so make it them. Keep keep so keep your eyes on them, and you'll you'll see a lot of rewards in that conversation. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here to sit to listen. You know, I'm um, sure I want you to explain to me what you're going through right now. And um, what I'll do is I'll do my best to help. It's a very different, different style of, of question you're asking in there. I really like uh, the comment that you said about I'm here to sit and to listen. I mean, wow, that's impactful. I mean, it really it really makes a difference. And I bet you that de-escalates immediately the situation. Oh, it does for sure. And you'll be amazed because quite often people want to be, and I gave this example in part one about the, the woman that had been terminated from her work and had to go and have a conversation with her. They want to be heard. They want the opportunity to express how they're feeling. So, so give them that, listen, and then say, okay, so I've, I've listened now. Here's, here's two things that you can do. Which one are you going to, which one are you going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, good, good points. So effective listening, distract the person, give the person positive choices, and empathy, not sympathy. 
Do you have another for us? Yeah, and so here's the fifth and final one for today. Another um, one which you can put this for your, your female listeners. You can do, use this in daily life, um, Shug, is setting boundaries. We're in a time when there is so much conflict in the world, so much civil unrest. It's really setting boundaries, being bold, being confident and saying to the person, the reason why I'm here, Shug, is to help you through this crisis. I want to help you um, improve your situation. What I'm not going to do is to stand here and allow you to shout, to scream, to spit, to cast judgment on other people. You know, we, we need to we need to remove all that. So, you, so you're setting clear boundaries in this hiding situation as to what you expect from them. Because every time they go to it, remember, sure, you know, I'm going to listen. I want to I want to help you overcome this hurdle, this obstacle, but we've got to remove all that noise. I, we can't keep coming back to um, this other stuff we need to focus on here. We need to set the boundaries. You can't keep swearing at me. You can't keep saying you're going to do these things. Um, so that, that is a clear one as well, is setting boundaries with a person. It really level sets in their mind the expectations, and it does a long way to keeping you safe. Um, and then you can say at the point when, hey, you know, you, you're, you keep overstepping the boundary. I've done what I can to help. I need to remove myself from the situation now to make sure that uh, I'm safe or, or, or where I need so to be. So it's okay to say that out loud? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, I would actually, mm-hmm. I would actually say to the person, if if there if there's conflict, if there's heightened, you know, they, they could be shouting, screaming in your face. I'm so mad that you know this man has taken my child away. I'm so mad with the criminal justice system because you know they they wronged my son or daughter. I think you've got to say that yeah, you know, I we're, we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. uh, and I'll listen for as long as needed. But the shouting, the screaming doesn't help. So can we sit down and have a rational conversation? Because in that clarity, in that silence, is going to come our answer. And that answer could be, well, we need to go and talk to an attorney because your son or daughter's clearly been wrong. We're yeah. not going to find that when mm-hmm. we're up here. So you've got yeah. to do what you can to bring them down um, and set in, those, set in those boundaries. You know what I've noticed, too, um, in, in when things start to get escalated, I, I, and I don't naturally do this. It just automatically goes there. I slow down the pace of my voice. I soften it a little bit, and I'm talking slower. Um, do you think that that makes a difference? Absolutely. And that's, you know, so we've got the five techniques I use for sort of um, verbal de-escalation and sort of body language and tone of voice. I just sort of group all that stuff um, together. How you present yourself, Shug, um, how you stand, you know, your posture, the tone, all this play a big part. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a big guy by any means, but if I need to shout right now, I can shout very loud, knowing that that's going to intimidate someone. But in de-escalation I need to very soften my voice I've got a very gruff you know English tone to my voice I want to become very soft and sure I'm really listening to you right now I'd like I, to have I, a I really British want to understand. voice <laughs> yeah, accent, yeah. <laughs> I, I should start a school over here to teach people but but your voice is a very powerful tool I mean you can you can read so many different um, reports on it but anywhere between don't they between 60 and 80 percent they say that tone of voice is more important than the words you actually speak. Mm. That's what someone's going, going to, to pick up on because the, the words are just coming out of your mouth, but they're really listening to the tone, the inflection that you're giving. So it's a very, a very um, key tool that you, that everyone has to de-escalate, whether it's my wife is very good at doing this with our two sons. I come in, you know, not using the techniques I'm telling you about, shouting and <laughs> screaming at my two young sons and my wife is the calm one. Okay, let's listen. What, what's going on now? You know, she's been gone for two hours and she's come back and the house is all crazy and there's two young boys and me shouting at each other. You know, she uses these techniques and, and calm down. So everyone has it in them. 
Um, yeah. for sure. So I used to actually drive my kids nuts because they knew when I started to slow it down, because I'm a fast talker naturally, oh, yeah, there's going <laughs> yes. to be a conversation. <laughs> so I agree. Those are really good tips. Now, as promised, ladies, I mentioned, um, you know, oh, Simon, you've had such great stuff about personal situations, personal conflict, one-on-ones, whether it be at work or at home in your personal life. Can we talk, because really it's on the forefront of most people here in the Twin Cities area, as well as I know in the United States now, it's not the world we used to know. And so we can have escalated issues happening out of the blue when you don't expect it. You can be sitting at a restaurant with your family and someone comes in and escalates a situation. What words of recommendation do you have for us in those situations? Yeah, and so um, that's, and that's a great um, question you've asked there, Sugar. And, and life is about risk. You know, I am by right a risk manager, you know, and people will talk about mitigating risk, but I would say that risk has to be managed because not all risk can be mitigated. It can only be managed, particularly in an unknown world. And so what you've got to build into your life are templates. You know, I'm a great person for living by templates when it comes to safety, because I've been in this role in this world for so long. And what I mean by that is that when I go to a restaurant, I can't remember if I've given this before, this could be new to your listeners. When I go to a restaurant and the server tries to to sit me down, Mm -hmm. I don't go where the server says, I go where I want to sit. And what I mean by that is when you're in a restaurant, you have generally the the front door to the restaurant. Mm -hmm. The other place within the restaurant that has a door is the kitchen. So I like to sit by the kitchen. So if anything comes in and causes me harm, you know those I, are my two least door. favorite spots. Well, well, yeah, because we can, but you've got to keep yourself safe. There's, well, you know, there's, there's always a trade-off. There's always I trade-off. Hear you. But you know, we do things like this. You know, work yeah. out where are those doors. At my point, there's, yeah. there's one way into this restaurant. I'm sat down. I need to look as to where the other door is. Okay, the other door is by the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be close to the kitchen. If anything comes in, that's where I'm going to go. Very simple. You do that once twice three times for consistency mm-hmm. you, you start um it starts developing and you're doing these things subconsciously i know where i'm going to go if there's harm that comes in yeah. in, a, in a time when there is civil unrest and protest it's making sure always i'm a 43 year old roughly tufty guy but i always park in daylight i always park in areas where there's people around um i'm a uh, a Christ follower, like a lot of your listeners are, Shug, if, if my hairs stand up on my um, back of my neck or on my hands when I park my, so- on my car somewhere, I say to myself, what is God trying to communicate to me in this moment? Mm-hmm. You know, he's given me these emotions. He's given me these feelings. I'm parking my car somewhere. Oh, I get what it is. It's dark. It's very secluded. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't feel too safe. I'm going to move my car somewhere You know, else. you're trusting your instincts. And Correct. ladies, we did a great show with Simon called uh, Staying Safe in This Crazy World. Would you scroll back? It was quite a while ago, but scroll back and listen. It was so informative. It had so much information on how we keep ourselves safe. I've got a little scenario for you, Simon. Yes, do. Uh, there's a, there's a, you're, you're sitting peacefully um, in an environment, maybe in a restaurant uh, or out, sitting outside at a park or something else, and, and either gang violence happens or people show up and they start to fight or there's an escalation. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking about one in particular for me. I, we were in a hotel lobby and we were sitting there visiting with some friends and, and a fight broke out, an argument and yelling and swearing and, you know, all this stuff amongst people that were maybe 25 feet away. What's the best situation that you should do in that scenario? And great question. And I'm going to have to be quite honest here with your answer. Your answer is 
try and prevent that before it even happens. Mm. Um, what I mean by that is that, again, I use a, a good example. We all have you know, emotions, humans give off behaviours. Is try to put yourself in a position where if there is danger, you're going to see it. There is always circumstance and, and bad luck. But if you're sat somewhere, you're a park. The good thing to do is be aware of your surroundings. You know, Don't be so glued to your phone you don't know where you are. If people are walking towards you, just have a casual glance in their um, direction. Smile. Um, you know, look up, look down, be looking around because your awareness is going to help you see the danger um, before it even sort of really, really comes to you. So that's the first thing I always do. Always have a heightened level of self-awareness. And it's simple things just by acknowledging the environment that you're in and, and who's there and just constantly, um, constantly looking up. As Christ follows, we can often think, well, Am I judging the person by, you know, looking at them saying, is this person going to cause me harm? No, you're doing what it takes to, to stay safe. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first thing I, I always say to Jews, try and prevent it before it happens. And, and you're saying prevent it because this happened in a hotel lobby. You know, we, we didn't know these people. They were disconnected from us. Are you saying um, that, you know, if, if it starts to arise, you get out of that situation and you leave? Or what's the best recommendation? Yeah, and no, no. So what I'm actually saying is see most of these things beforehand. Most of these incidents that you see on the news, mm -hmm. generally the first um, report that comes out is saying, I never knew that Simon was going to do this or Simon was such a nice um, person. And then the following day, the news reports say, the neighbours said, well, actually, well, yeah, I knew he was going to do this. That guy's crazy, all these other, you know, the, the reports come out because there's always behaviours that we give off as humans that we just don't necessarily acknowledge. So I'm saying, try and if you're sat in that hotel lobby, make sure you're looking around and seeing who is coming into to the lobby. Mm -hmm. If you do find yourself in that position, you know, fall back on some of those templates. Where are you sitting? Are you comfortable where are the doors, learning to just quickly look and see where these things are? And then what you have to do in that moment is the government run, hide, fight. You, Say that again? The government run, hide, fight. The government? Was that the first one? Yes. So the government used the slogan run, hide, fight. Okay, and run, that, hide, fight. Okay. And, and if we've got time, sugar, I'll just give a very high level of what that, yes, what that means. Yes, we so, do. So run means... Run like your life depends on it and do not look back. You know, if you're in that hotel lobby and something happens, run. No one really cares that it was actually, you know, something fell on the floor and you, you were scared and startled because you'll be safe. Mm -hmm. um, if you feel there is danger, run away as fast as you can. Do not feel any fear or judgment if you got the situation wrong because you're going to be safe. So that's run. The second one they say, which is a common one that people get wrong, is hide. Go back to when you're a child. Hide means that you can go somewhere where you can't be seen. If you're in a room which has windows and you can't lock the door, you cannot hide. You need to leave that room very quickly. You see some incidents where people are underneath desks, they've gone into cupboards. If there's no lock on the door, that's not a hiding spot. If there's glass and you can be seen, that's not hiding. Uh, and then the, third, the last one is fight. The government says if you um, you can't do run or hide, you fight like your life depends on it with any weapon possible. But here's the thing where I feel the government get it wrong in their advice, Shug, is that run, hide, fight. For me, what I say to people is this is a menu of options. It is not an order. People are becoming so used to saying, well, run, hide, fight. It could be that your only option is to fight first. If you're in a room, there's one door, one um one, one door in, someone comes in to cause harm, how can you hide, how can you run, you can't, you fight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to you've really got to think of those and acknowledge those of they are in order and depending on the, the circumstances that I'm in, I might have to do something different. Okay. You always want to run away first, but but really think of them as an an uh, menu of options, not an order. So so you're talking about run, hide, fight. Really good suggestions. But do you use your de-escalation before you start to fight? Do you try to use some of these tips that you are are mentioning earlier in our program? Uh, and that's that's a yes, yes, but no type answer. It depends on the circumstance that you are in. Most the best way to de-escalate anything um, is uh, just a person turning up, be that a police officer or, or you. But you always want to try and remove yourself from the situation. That is the best way to de-escalate. Just ask yourself. Do I even need to be here, Shug? You mm-hmm. know, do I need to be in this situation? Is my presence making this person more agitated, more emotional, um, really intensifying their, their crisis? So always think about, do you need to, to need to be there? And again, your God radar, your instinct is going to tell you, should I intervene or do I need to remove myself from the situation? All I can do is give you the tools. Um, you'll know in the situation what's the right one for you to, to do. And again, I can't emphasize enough, you always have time to shoot up a quick prayer, Father, help me, or something, uh, just to allow the Holy Spirit to, uh, you know, be powerful in and through you, and to give you wisdom. You know, and it, uh, Simon, I don't think there's anything wrong with today starting to pray for, God, if something comes up in my future, which you already know, give me discernment and wisdom to know the best way to handle it as well. So um, I think there, you know, there's preventative prayer that can go ahead of this. And you know what I really like that you said, Simon, is that um, that we're setting basically setting up guidelines ahead of time, that you're thinking of this ahead of time. Do you and your wife sit down and make um, any kind of boundaries or any kind of list together as to how to prevent situations from happening? Um, and actually, we don't because she's been around me for so long. She <laughs> knows how crazy I am. But, but what I would say to your female listeners is is have, have these conversations. I mean, like I said, I honestly, sure, you, you have to do in today's world, I think people would say, you know, we all don't feel safe, me included. I'm not so big that I can't say I don't go to places where I feel intimidated. But have the conversations and say, if when this happens, what would we do? Um, and is it best when we go to restaurants that we can see the door? Um, so we, when we go as a family, we let's sit so someone can always see the door. You know, if when we go to um, Target late tonight, it's nine o'clock um, and it's in the fall. You know, can we agree that we're always going to park by a, a light or if we can't park by light, we're going to leave and we're going to go somewhere else, even if it means driving four or five miles to another target, because those templates, that consistency is what's going to keep you keep you safe. Because the moment you don't do that, Shug, you know, we call it Sod's Law in England. Here it's Murphy's Law. Something's mm. going to strike and you've let your guard down and something yeah. bad's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I try not to even yeah. go shopping at night anymore. I mean, just the atmosphere has completely changed in the state. Um, I think what's important, too, is I've asked security guards to walk me out to my car if I'm not yes. comfortable. Out of, you know. And, and you know, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, I'm kind of a tough nut, and I work with some really tough yeah. people in prison who I love very much. But I tell you, out in the streets, you don't have protection. And so um, I just I do trust my instinct, and I know that you and your wife have both said that's one of the most important things. So, well, And just very quickly, Sean, I want to quickly get this in. I know we could be running mm-hmm. out of time, but ladies— you know, the um, feel no shame in asking for help um, mm-hmm. because 
but it is a scary world out there and you've got to do what, what you need to do to stay safe. So yes. there is no shame in asking for help because what you want to do at the end of the day is go home safe. Yeah, amen, and be alive and not be hurt. Simon, you are such a wealth of information. So how can our listeners, I know that you speak at different events, that you work with different organizations, you're professional as well as you have an online presence. Could you share that with our listeners? Yeah, so the simplest one, and you, and you might need to put my name in there just so people know we how will. to spell it, but simonosimo.com is my personal website. Um, kingswoodsc.com um, is about my risk management. And also, if you go to my YouTube channel, again, my name, Simon Osimo, there's actually some verbal de-escalation um, videos on there that I've recorded where people can actually go and see and watch them back slow times. So, so these are free. Just, they these can are go all, on. all free, yep. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just go on my YouTube channel and there's videos on there about verbal okay. escalation. And we're going to have um, a logo of his as well. So if you go to himforher.org, look up the logo for him as well, uh, uh, you know, based from the show. You can just click on it. It's going to go directly to him. But what's the most important thing, ladies, is that you have the King, Jesus Christ, in your life to protect and to give you the discernment whether or not this is a good situation. Simon, you are the best. Hello to your beautiful wife. Would you please come back again sometime? Sure, I'd love to, Shug. It's always a pleasure. It is. It is. And ladies, keep those ideas and thoughts coming. My name is Shugbury. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies. This is Shugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Shug Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.